0: Hey everyone, welcome to uh, my first time starting up a podcast, The Real Deal with Chris O'Neill. Um, this is new new venture for me, but trying to, um, you know, get into talking about college football and sports in general, um, you know, it's an interest of mine and uh, this is something I've been kind of looking forward to doing for a while here and uh, I figured I'd give it a shot. Um, so kind of Just an overview, Uh, main goal of this podcast is just to kind of go over college football, the landscape, what's going on, what we're looking forward to, kind of a recap of some of the games around the country, kind of look at the playoff picture, what's going on, um, what's coming up, and then, um, you know, I'm I'm a former Ohio State student myself, um, so that's kind of where my uh, passion for college football stemmed, so um, yeah. Just figured I'd, I'd go with this and uh, give it a shot. So, um, first, I guess let's just dive right into it and go with obviously the the team that I'm most interested about is uh, Ohio State and Iowa that played last Saturday. They played a noon game. Uh, it was a big noon kickoff, away game for Ohio State, and um, you know started started early with a, a field goal and a little bit of struggle for the the Ohio State offense, but. Uh, um, you know, they, they turned it around by the end, and we, uh, you know, ended up with this uh, final score, 54 to 10. I think we just want to look at that quickly. Uh, Iowa had their only touchdown of that game coming from a uh, pick six thrown by C.J. Stroud, uh, right, right really in the second drive, um, letting them take the lead, and then it was kind of uh, all the Ohio State defense after that, and, you know, credit to those guys on the defense, um, very talented, but you know also looking at Iowa's offense um notoriously gets you know lo- looked at as being an offense from the uh the early uh 1900s uh style offense um so you know doing what any good defense should do uh, when facing a bad offense like that and it is just total domination so that was that was good to see from the Ohio State defense um it was interesting you know the uh the offense I think Struggled. And we saw that early on with a lot of those field goals that Ohio State had to make um, and which, you know, let them keep running up the score on Iowa. But when you're thinking about, uh, you know, Ohio State and looking forward to, you know, the Big Ten championship, the Michigan game, the Big Ten championship and maybe the playoffs and playing some of these more elite teams, it's you want to see that that offense succeed And I think this is where, um, you know, Iowa has the the reputation of not being a great team, but I think what gets overlooked sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes is uh, their defense. They do have, and uh, really always really had a a pretty formidable defense, especially this year. Um, Definitely a very good defense, and, you know, we saw C.J. Stroud struggle with that, And, and was good to see him struggle and then you know Ryan Day and CJ as the game proceeded kind of make adjustments to that and actually get the the ball rolling and something interesting that um I had heard is just I think it was from Ryan Day is that you know a a lot of those early on struggles in the first half uh coming from the offense kind of stemmed from the fact that the defense for Ohio State was getting turnovers uh you know inside the Iowa 50 and so it didn't really give a chance, at least according to the, the statement, it didn't really give a chance for Ohio State to kind of find the rhythm, the passing rhythm, the running rhythm in their offense, and uh, just didn't allow them to get in that groove to get started. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to just drive in and score from the 50 because they, p- they probably should, but um, it's interesting that that was his reason for that. Um. And I'm, you know, I'm wondering if that's something going forward, maybe, you know, that uh, maybe they need to work on in in terms of, you know, situational football, if the defense is going to put them in good positions early on, um, adapting to that environment or or that situation. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, But, uh, you know, overall, I think. Ohio State handled that game pretty well. Uh, Defense dominated again, um, which is what you want to see, even against a bad offense. Um, And, you know, it ended up being that the offense did get things turned around. C.J. Stroud was uh, 20 for 30 with 286 yards, uh, four touchdowns, and that one interception. Um, So, you know, good game all around for him uh, for, you know, running into those early struggles. Um, and again, Iowa's offense not not known for being great, and definitely not great in this game. Um, you know, they went and had the quarterback switch, um, which ended up in a fumble on the very first snap for the freshman uh, coming in. So, um, you know, definitely work for Iowa to do there. But uh, good showing from Ohio State because even though they they had those struggles, the score was fifty-four to ten. It w- it was still a, a blowout, and you know, I, I listened to. Uh, and read a lot of uh, the college football news brought by Joel Klatt from over at Fox Sports. And, you know, he he tweeted out right after the game that, you know, Ohio State blew the doors off of Iowa. And also Ohio State did not play a great game or didn't didn't play up to their potential. And he said, you know, these two things can be true at once, which, um, yeah, they definitely can, which is kind of the scary thing with this team is – you know they they didn't play great and they still won 54 to 10 so um definitely definitely interesting um interesting game and good to see them kind of overcome a little bit of that uh adversity and and, and actually pull together and good to see for the buckeyes so um that's the recap of that game and probably the most in-depth one I'm going to have at least here today um just from the sole fact that that was the one I I focused on a lot, obviously, for (laughs) obvious reasons. Um, Okay, so moving on, we had uh, Clemson at Syracuse. Now, this was a game, um, you know, uh, Clemson did run into a little bit of trouble in that that first half. Um, Syracuse scored 21 points, Clemson just 10. Um, So Syracuse went into the half with the lead there, and but after that, it was just a shutout for the Tigers, and uh, no points scored for Syracuse from there, and Clemson ended up putting up 17 in the fourth quarter. Now, I think what's interesting about this game is uh, Dabo uh, pulling DJ Ualagale. Uh, I'm going to mess that name up multiple times, but and putting in uh, Cade, um, the freshman, um, and now even though the switch, you know, DJ threw two picks and they they switched to Cade. And, uh, you know, they didn't really pass with Cade. There was a lot of uh, energetic runs, I would say, uh, w- which was more of Cade's strength. Um, I think we'll see what happens this week, but I think DJ is still going to be the guy going forward. Um, it'll be interesting because I don't think uh, DJ in general has lived up to the hype that maybe he came out of high school with and kind of the prospect he was supposed to, um, be, I think the talents there, you know, you see the videos of him in game and, you know, videos online out of game of, you know, he's got a great arm and stuff, but, um, yeah, as a lot of people say, sometimes there's, there's guys that are better in practice and, and better with the raw talent, but then there's certain guys that are better in game and, some guys that struggle, and maybe DJ is one of those guys that struggles. Um, so that'll be interesting to follow, kind of going forward. Uh, you know, Clemson doesn't really have a uh, a challenge here going into uh, the playoffs. The the ACC is just not not really having a great year overall in terms of the strength of the teams. So it'll be uh, definitely be interesting, I think, to uh, see. Um, how Clemson stacks up against maybe a, a a more elite opponent when they likely do make the uh, the college football playoffs later on this year. Next game I kind of want to uh, just take a quick look at was uh, Alabama versus Mississippi State. I think this was a good uh, bounce-back game for Alabama after their uh, last-week loss to Tennessee. Um, you know, that was a tough loss for them, um, Coming down to just a field goal and probably a field goal they should have had um, to end that game ahead or at least be tied. But um, you know they bounced back and beat Mississippi State thirty to six. Um, I mean that that final touchdown uh, for, for uh, sorry for um, Mississippi State uh, it was actually sorry two field goals came in the fourth quarter. So uh, you know Alabama pretty much held them the whole time to uh to zero points. I mean dominance kinda through and through on the defense. And then, you know, the offense started strong, uh, seven points in the first quarter, seventeen in the second. Um and then it, it you know slowed down. They ran into some str- uh trouble here in the in the second half and kind of slowed the breaks. And I think that's kind of uh maybe where this offense struggles a little bit. Um, you know, Bryce Young Won the Heisman last year, but I think uh, you know I think a lot of people would agree that maybe Bryce Young isn't the strongest Heisman candidate we've seen, you know, in recent history or just in general. Um, not saying he's bad by any means, but um, I think when you looked at why he won, is there were you know he was on an undefeated team, or you know one loss to Texas A-M, but a and but a college football playoff-bound team and a team that. Um, ultimately made the uh national championship but um you know they they just struggled with you know this year kind of the offense and um getting that going and i think a large part may have come from the wide receivers that they lost um with uh Jamison Williams going to the NFL um and that was kind of like a big target for Bryce Young, and, and, you know, that hurts any team when they lose someone that's that fast and that mobile, um, and, you know, there's a reason he was a first-round pick even with the injury. So, um, no, a good bounce-back game for Alabama. Uh, obviously, they're going to, you know, make their way here through the rest of their schedule, um, likely making it to the uh, to the SEC Championship, where they would likely face either Georgia or Tennessee. Uh, depending who um, can win that half of the division. But, um, you know, th- in terms of playoff hopes, you know, it definitely still alive. And, uh, you know, they kind of proved that this week with a, with a bounce back after a tuss- tough loss the week before. So, um, yeah, those are the, the big games wanted to go over. I think the, the big games for this upcoming week, um, Ohio State – at Penn State, it's always a tough environment to play in. I don't, I don't believe it's their whiteout game, um, but I know they do, like, a stripe out where they, they make the stands, you know, instead of all white, they stripe it uh, navy blue and white. Um, so, you know, that Beaver Stadium's always a, a tough environment to play in. Uh, definitely a good te- test for the uh, Buckeyes on the road to see how they uh, stand up there. But I do think that um, Ohio State's just going to be the better team, um, Offense is just loaded, and the defense is playing phenomenal this year. But, um, you know, this is one of the first real teams um, Ohio State's playing this year. Um, You know, Notre Dame didn't really pan out the way they wanted. Um, They're not having a great season. But, you know, Penn State, you know, just lost to Michigan, but definitely a a better program than a lot of the schools um, in the Big Ten here. So uh, definitely an interesting game on the road here. Uh, Tennessee versus Kentucky, you know. Uh, Tennessee obviously ranked third, uh, continuing a great season for those guys. Um, they're playing Kentucky, who's ranked 19. You know, Kentucky's five and two. Um, that should be a good good matchup. Um, see how Tennessee handles it, but I think Tennessee wins this one pretty handedly. Uh, next up, Michigan, Michigan State, um, big rivalry there in state. We'll see see what what's going on there. Uh, my, my guess, obviously, is that Michigan's going to win that one. Michigan State, kind of down year. But I will say, when it comes to that, that rivalry, um, I don't, there's something about it, and Michigan State always plays them tough. Um, so I think that's one to look out for. Could be interesting, or it could just be you know an absolute blowout by Michigan on, on that side of the ball. So we'll see. And then, uh, finally, Georgia versus Florida. Now... Uh, Florida's not ranked, but again, kind of a rivalry game there. Um, should be interesting to see, and Georgia coming off a bye. Uh, let's just see how they face up against a an okay team in the SEC. Um, then let's uh, just wanted to go over a quick quick playoff picture, honestly, and we've we've kind of touched on a couple of these things, but you know, obviously, right now it's looking like uh, you know. Ohio State Michigan are going to wind up playing in Columbus at the end of the season, and that winner is going to go to the Big Ten and most likely punch their ticket to the college football playoff. Um, So that kind of knocks at least one of those teams out of the picture. Now, uh, Georgia and Tennessee still have to play this year, and that's going to send likely the winner of that game to the SEC championship to face Alabama. Now, if Alabama loses that SEC championship um obviously two losses uh very unlikely that they will be in the SEC or sorry the uh college football playoff however if uh either a, uh, one one loss for Georgia or one loss for Tennessee in that championship game um you know it's going to be another uh playoff with two teams from the SEC so that'll be uh something to look out for and most likely most likely scenario is that you know there could be two two SEC schools there if if Alabama does come back and is able to beat one of those two teams in the SEC championship and that'll be interesting uh, you know it's going to come down to that Tennessee Georgia game which um I know I'm looking forward to um you know it's it's not often that you know Georgia's challenged in that half of the division to make that SEC championship game so that'll that'll be interesting for sure um so and then, you know, on the, the Pac-12, you know, Oregon's 6 and 1. Um USC is also 6 and 1. It's it's going to take one of those teams, you know, to kind of show kind of like the eye test and and show the country and show the college football playoff committee that uh they're eligible and and you know, good enough to be considered and Hopefully, get one of those spots. That'll be interesting. Um, it's probably going to come down to kind of how the other teams shake out if they can get a spot, because the Pac-12 historically has just not been as strong. Although this year, they you know there are some stronger teams, but historically have not been strong. And you know, I think that kind of weighs into some of that ranking and decision making when it comes down to who gets you know the last spot or one of the last spots. TCU though in the Big 12 7 and 0 playing great their offense is very good um ranked 7 right now and uh you know uh, who's going to who's going to challenge them in the Big 12 Oklahoma State maybe you know they got a decent defense for the uh for the Big 12 um they're ranked 9 so you know it, it it's kind of sh- a strange year with uh with the big 12 you know it's normally dominated by Oklahoma but with obviously the coaching transfer and um player turnover and and whatnot yeah uh, th- definitely not their year definitely a rebuilding the program kind of year and changing things over and and obviously Texas looks great you know they have they have a lot of talent but it's you the know, same old Texas you know so they're not really in contention here, but you know, TCU, if they went out, uh, easy, easy playoff bid for them. I think, um, they just got to continue the path that they're on. Um, okay. So that kind of, that kind of wraps it up for college football. I just want to quickly close with, uh, you know, kind of you know, uh, look around the leagues at some of the other sports going on, maybe s- stuff I'm more interested in, but figured I'd, I'd put it out there, you know? And, um, so quick just looking at the NFL, keep it consistent with football here. Um wow, the NFC East, huh? I'm a uh I'm a Giants fan as well. So Giants off to a great start to the season, six and one. Um, but the Eagles. The Eagles are un- uh, remain undefeated. They look great. They just uh just today, as I'm recording this, um earlier today, acquired Robert Quinn from the Chicago Bears. So, you know, they're they're kinda buying in like this is their year. Um so those two good teams and then the cowboys too uh, look look incredible um they uh they have a really good defense uh they're getting Prescott back here. not that cooper rush really let them down in the in the meantime but um no they they look good the um they beat the giants too they're the one team that beat the giants so um it'd be interesting to watch that n f c east and then uh the other two contenders are you know everyone in the AFC is looking at the Bills and the uh the Chiefs for obvious reasons. Uh, Josh Allen and Mahomes kind of running that half, that half of the league. So um I think the only other uh surprise here is that uh, the Seahawks being led by Geno Smith, um impressive record. Um they're, you know, they're winning. And in a year after trading away Russell Wilson and um you kind of picture that as more of a rebuilding move, but Gino's getting it done up there, so uh, credit to him. And then um, kind of just looking at this week, uh, Bailey Zap, Zappi and uh, Mac Jones, how that Monday night game went with uh, Zappi coming in for Jones, um, having a couple good drives there to score points, but uh, kind of stagnating there in the second half, and the the Pats didn't look great. So it'll be interesting to follow that Mac Jones-Zappi Um, you know, what's Belichick going to do with those guys and who's going to get the starting role? Quick look at the MLB. Uh, Yankees, unfortunately, were swept by the Astros, sending the Astros to the World Series. Uh, Game one this Friday it will be the Astros versus the Phillies. Uh, Harper, with the home run to send the Phillies to the World Series, took the lead in the bottom of the eighth electric home run um so i think that's gonna be a a great matchup in the world series should be a good series uh hopefully the astros get a little more competition than they've had in the playoffs so far but um you know i think it'll be a close i could see it going either way the the astros look very dominant right now but um you know the phillies kind of they're getting hot at the right time in this postseason and uh they got the belief so um yeah that'll be a great series Uh, And then lastly, just kind of out there, but uh, F1, kind of closing up the F1 season here. Uh, I believe there's only three races left to go, but this past weekend, uh, last Sunday, was the United States Grand Prix down in Austin, Texas at the Circuit of the Americas. Um, Big takeaway from there, no surprise, Max Verstappen with the win um, as he takes first place, and uh, gives Red Bull actually their uh, constructors championship too. Uh, he Max Verstappen had won the drivers championship uh, in Japan, but uh, wins it for the for the team here in the United States. Um, I think it'll be interesting to follow that uh, the next couple of races. Um, it's been a very dominant year for Max and the Red Bull team. That car, the pace on it is just you know doesn't even. It started close with Ferrari, but uh, as the season went along there, they they made some adjustments, and it just pulled ahead. So that'll be interesting. Um, Could it be the new era of Red Bull after so many years of domination from Mercedes? Um, We'll find out. Anyway, thank you for for listening uh, to the first podcast of The Real Deal with Chris O'Neill. I'm your host, Chris O'Neill. Let me know if uh, there's anything you want to, uh, to talk about or leave me a review and uh, maybe tell a friend about the podcast if you think someone would be interested in. so uh, thank you again for listening and uh, tune in next week